Hello, everybody. Thank you once again for joining me on the Speak Life Now radio show. I am your host, Dr. Lisa Speak Life Burrell. Thank you all that's listening today. Make sure you share this with someone else. Share this radio show, the Speak Life Now radio show with others so they can also be encouraged and motivated and inspired and get what they need for that day. Just go ahead and share it. Don't hold it to yourself. Go ahead on and share it with others. Let's go into prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for this awesome opportunity. I don't take it for granted and I don't take it lightly that you are using me to minister to your precious people. I thank you, dear Lord, that the word today will heal, will deliver, will motivate, will inspire someone today and to go through this week, that they will also take this very same word and share it with others. Hallelujah. And keep sharing it with others to help them as well. Lord, I thank you once again for all that you've already done for the great testimonies and this wonderful opportunity. Lord, I thank you and I love you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you in your precious name, Jesus. So last week we talked about you've been marked. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that today, but differently. And I just want to, um, let's do a quick review. Last week we talked about the fact that you've been marked, that you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We talked about that out of, um, it was in, it was in Ephesians 4 and 30, talked about you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. We also talked about out of Ephesians 1 and 13, hallelujah, that you've been marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Remember we talked about that. And we also talked about, I just want to go over some of the things before we go into today as a reminder and as a segue into what we're going to talk about today. I also talked to you about, you know, you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You don't want to grieve him. This I'm going to want, I'm go back up to Ephesians 1 and 13. I'm directed to go ahead and read that to you again. And you were included in Christ. Hallelujah. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him. You were marked in him. You were marked with, in Christ himself. You were marked in him with a sealed, the promised Holy Spirit of God. Remember we talked about that? And then I wanted to talk to you. I'm going to slow down. Let me slow down. Talk about the fact that you don't want to ever grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And I talked about some of the ways that you could grieve. Remember that? I talked about that your words, certain things that you could say, foul and abusive language. That that's that's that saddens the Holy Spirit. Remember, we looked at the word grieve. We looked at what it meant, that it meant to sadden, to hurt, that you would never want to do anything to to um grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We also talked about we talked about, um, once again, we talked about foul and abusive language. Then we also talked about bitterness makes the Holy Spirit sad and sorrowful. Remember that? And fits of rage and uncontrolled anger, hallelujah, makes the Holy Spirit sad and sorrowful. So that's what I want to focus on today. Last week, we really, I really talked a lot about the foul and abusive language. Well, today, I really want to talk about fits of rage and uncontrolled anger. 
fits of rage and uncontrolled anger. Remember now, the title is You've Been Marked. This will be part two, You've Been Marked. But you got to make sure that you don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So the scripture <clears throat> is a passage of scripture that we're all familiar with. Um, but I needed to read it. I think I'm going to read it in... Let me see. I might go back and forth. It's Matthew 18, 21 through 35. You can go ahead and write that down. Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And I'm going to read it here. And um, this is the passage of scripture. We first talked about forgiving. And then it was a parable afterwards. So let me just read it here. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. 77 times. That means seven times, seven times, seven times. That's what he was saying there. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. Now, listen to this parable. And this is where I want you to get back. To, uh, this is what I really want to focus on today about how we've been forgiven, right? So we got to make sure we forgive others. So remember now, remember number three about grieving the Holy Spirit of God, fits of rage and uncontrolled anger. You can be angry and sin not, but this is said uncontrolled. So let's go back to this parable. And I'm going to go back and forth. I'm going to read some in the Living Bible and also in the NIV. But right here it says... Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. In the Living Bible, it, it, it said that 10 bags of gold equal 10 million. That's what it says in the Living Bible. So keep that in mind. 10,000 10, excuse me, 10,000 bags of gold, which is equivalent to 10 million dollars. Please remember that. So, let's go back here. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, counseled the debt, and let him go. You hear that? Okay, now we're going to read on a little bit further. But when that servant, the same one that just had pity on him, and the master let him go and counseled the debt, that same servant, let me tell you what he did. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred Silver coins. Now remember, now up top here, it said that this, the other, um, this man owed ten thousand bags of gold, equivalent to ten million dollars. His servant owed him a hundred silver coins, which they um in the um the Living Bible equal that to two thousand dollars. Ten million dollars, two thousand dollars. He just had a council debt of ten million dollars. Remember that? Remember now, we're talking about fits of rage and uncontrolled anger, which I'm about to get to right now. Remember also, you've been marked. Okay? So as we go on, but when that servant went out and found his fellow servant who owed him a hundred silver coins, he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. 
His fellow servant, what did his fellow servant did? He did exactly what he did. He fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. The exact same words, right? But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that happened. Because he couldn't, he didn't show mercy, even though mercy was showing on him. People, you know, came, I mean, let's go back to this. The king showed mercy on him because he asked him, show pity on me. Give me time. Be patient with me. Then his same servant asked for the same thing and didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? It's like he took um, that anger that he was feeling on all the things that he was feeling. And then he put it back on his servant. And that wasn't right. His servant asked him, be patient with me, have pity on me, but he couldn't give what was just given to him. Okay? He couldn't give what was just given to him. Then the master called the servant in. So, like I said, other people heard about it. So, other people knew that this person had been forgiven. You know what I mean? That the king had showed mercy on him. But then when they found out, this man couldn't show the same mercy that was just given to him. They went back and told the king. See, a lot of times you think because, okay, behind closed doors, you may have been forgiven for some things. The Lord had done some things for you. He might have sent people your way to help you and everything seemed fine. But when they're out the way and they're not looking anymore, what you do, you go and mistreat, mishandle your servants. That, that, that you should show compassion to, that you should show mercy to, that you should pity as well. But no, you're going to treat them wrong and throw them in jail. You know, put them in bondage. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about a natural jail right here. I'm talking about you treat them bad, make them feel like, um, put fear in them. That's, that's not how you're supposed to lead. Now, both of these, this, this, this servant, even though he owed money to the king, he was also a leader because it said he went back to his servant. Now, he's in a leadership role, but then he goes back and treat his servant bad, but he was just treated with, 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 with um, mercy before. That's, that's not the way it's, that's grieving the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to shine the light on this because you got, you're going to be held accountable for these things. You've been marked. You know you can't use abusive, foul language, but you also can't have fits of rage and anger and treat people wrong. So right here, let me read this. <clears throat> but, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant. See, now his master's calling him wicked because of how he just treated his servants. That's, that's another spirit. That's, he, said, he called them wicked. He called them wicked. I counseled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. You see, he hear what the uh, master saying. I canceled your debt because you begged me to. The same thing his servant did, right? Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Now God is showing you mercy and then you're going to go out and treat other people bad? 
That's considered to be wicked. Listen to this. In in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back what he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is, I want you to see this because of two things. One, we've all been forgiven, first of all. And when our brother offends us, it says 70 times 7. That's how many times we got to forgive them. So, okay, we'll do that. But then, don't go out after you've been forgiven and not show mercy to someone else. Then that's considered to be wicked. That's what the word says. I want you to go back and read it for yourself. Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Remember, you've been marked. We do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We do not want to be saying foul and abusive language. We want to make sure the words that we say are edifying and building up others. We don't want to have fits of rage and, and, and malicious behavior and evil speaking and, and just treating people wrong, not, not showing any mercy. We don't want to do that. Remember last week I told you guys to remember to think. Think about what you're saying. Think about is it truthful? Yes, it's truthful, but is it necessary? Will it be helpful if I say anything right now? Is this, is this what I need to do? Is it going to inspire? And is it going to motivate the person? Especially when you're in leadership roles. We got to watch. I'm a, I've been a leader uh, pretty much all my life. First of all, I was the firstborn automatic leader in the house over my brothers and sisters. And sister, one sister. Automatic leader. And then in, and then in, high, in school, you know, future business leaders of America, all of that kind of stuff. Then when in, in jobs, always in management, always in leadership roles. But never taking that leadership role and, and taking people for granted. Because each of us got a leader over us. And if you are the CEO or the founder of your company, or if you are the, um, the whatever you are, president, governor of a state, there's still um, president of the United States or governor of your state, whatever it is, there's still somebody watching you. So how do you want to lead them? Do you want to um, motivate and inspire them to be great leaders that one... And, then in another time, they'll have their own business and be in leadership roles. I would say one of the best um, things that happened in my life was when I was a, um, it was several things, but when I was a restaurant manager back in the 90s, and um, I had a lot of, um, I had a great opportunity to lead a lot of um, younger, young adults that were in college. And I, um, it was a Pizza Hut years ago, and had the great opportunity to have a lot of kids there, were young adults that came in as a part-time job, but so many of them, I was able to um, promote them up to shift managers, and I would say nine or ten of them um, went on in leadership roles in other companies that are still in leadership roles to this day. 
you know. And, and, I, and I think about that because I know that the Lord used me, even though I didn't know it at that time, um, the Lord, like I know him now, was using me in a role in leadership that, that they could look up to me, that they knew I was fair, that I treated them with respect. Because I wanted that same type of treatment. You know, people don't understand whatever you sow, you shall reap. That's in every area of our lives. And then another great, um, great testimony was a young lady that um, I worked with when I was a jewelry store manager. And, you know, when I first saw her, the first, my first impression, I was like, wow. You know, because it wasn't a great impression at first, right? And then when, I, when the, uh, I was selling her mom jewelry, and I said, well, the Lord told me to ask. I said, do, do you need a job? Now, she wasn't dressed for a job. She was in the mall. But she came dressed for the mall, not for a job interview. It just was on the spot. And she said, yes, ma'am. I said, well, praise the Lord. She had great manners. So she got the job. She said, when, 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 well, before she got the job, um, I said, well, we have some positions here open. She was like, well, I've never did sales before. And I said, what have you done? She said, well, I worked in fast food before. Me knowing that I was a um, restaurant manager before with um, Wendy's. And I said, well, and she said, Wendy's. I said, well, do you try the biggest size, that combo, when you're on the um, drive through line? She said, yes. I said, well, you've been doing sales. You've been upselling. This young lady hired this young lady. Um, just did whatever I could for her. She didn't have the clothes. One time I took her out and bought her a, a pantsuit. And um, I told her, don't tell everybody else I bought her a pantsuit. And I said, you know, always start with a black pantsuit. You can always add and, and do something. I'm just telling you this story because um, it's how we treat others. That we've been marked. How are you going to treat others? So brought her a suit. And this one young lady that said that she had never, didn't think she ever had sales experience, ended up being in the top 10% of the company across the United States in sales. Because somebody could, because I could see who she was and what she could do. And she's, right now, she's in a management role with a well-known um, grocery store chain and handling the money for that particular grocery store chain. She's like the money manager. So, what I'm saying to you today is, I know I went off a little bit here, but I want to talk about the fact that in the leadership role, and those that are serving under us, they're looking to us. What kind of examples are we setting? Are we leading them in a way that people know that you're marked? Let them, they should know there's something different about you by the way you treat them. No, they're not going to let them run over you, but you will lead them in a way that they will feel good when they have to come to work and know that you're there. That they want to be promoted, that they want to go further, that they want to pursue their careers and, and do many things. Even if they don't stay where you are, like I said, she's now in a, in a, uh, a well-known grocery store chain, and even all the people that I worked with when I was a manager at Pizza Hut. I'm not in Pizza Hut anymore, but all these young adults went on to leadership roles. I mean, directors in universities, directors and, and managers all over different places in the United States. 
But I thank, I thank God that I had an opportunity, even for a moment of time, one year, two years, in their time when they were in college, to be an influence in their life. I wasn't even saved back then, but I knew how to treat people. I treated people the way I wanted to be treated. And even if I wasn't treated right, that did not give me the right to treat somebody else wrong. You've been marked. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit himself. Remember that in everything that you do. Everything that you do, remember to think about if I, what I say out of my mouth, is it, is it going to be, is it truthful? And if it's truthful, is it going to help them in this situation? Is it going to inspire them to do more? Is it going to motivate them to do more? Is it necessary? You're going to be thinking about these things. Is it necessary? Is it kind? Think about what you're saying. Think about how you're doing things. Think about how you're leading others. Pastors, leaders, whoever's listening to me. Think about how you treat people because you've been marked. And you've been marked and you want to you mold people, these young adults, into great leaders. And really, you're the first person, if they're young and in college, or teenagers or whatever, and you're their leader. You're the one, their first reference of who, what kind of leader that led me. I've had some leadership that wasn't that great, but that don't mean that I treat other people bad because I'm being treated bad. That don't even make any sense. And it's definitely not an excuse. There is no excuse to be mean to people and treat them wrong. If people treated you wrong, pray for them. But you do something different. You lead people by the way you want to be led because you've been marked. You've been marked. And you're gonna be so happy today and in the future. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact and not like a, a bad pride. It's just, I'm so thankful to know that back then, all those years and every job I've had, the leadership role, that I was able to touch these young adults and, and, and give them opportunities and show them what I knew as a mentor. And now they're all going on to do things in other organizations, not just restaurants. I mean, like I said, universities, human resources, um, human services, all these different jobs that they're doing now. But it started out with a little leadership role as a shift manager that impacted their lives. You could be a teacher. You were in a, a leadership role. I remember my third grade teacher. My third grade teacher, I remember her and liked her so much because she did two things for me. One, she started teaching us French even though I don't remember that much of it, but she just thought about, she did things differently in the third grade, and she was tall, and I'm tall. So she always said that, stand up straight, Lisa. She taught me to stand straight and be tall, even though I might have been taller than everybody else, but it was okay to be tall. She was a, that's the person I look to and remember her 
Mrs. Struthers, I put it out there, my third grade teacher, and how she taught me those things. And years later, I was talking to someone like I'm talking to you guys today. And I was selling jewelry, and I was telling them about this wonderful special teacher that I had. And she said, I think I know her. And do you know she told her about me at the jewelry store as a store manager? And do you know that this teacher, Mrs. Struthers, came in and I just started weeping. I was like, Miss Struthers, you helped me so much to stand tall. And when she came in there, even though she was so super tall to me when I was a kid, I was now taller than her as an adult. I said, you taught me to stand tall. She impacted my life. Even now, tears in my eyes because she impacted my life forever. That I'm talking about her today. And that was something, uh, someone that, something that someone did when I was in the third grade. And she said to me, when she came to that jewelry store, she said, Lisa, you've always been so special. So even, even in that, it's letting me know that she knew I was marked. And what I'm saying to you today, that you've been marked. And sometimes leadership that you might be under or people might have treated you bad because you've been marked as well. But then you got to know that that's just a test for you. What are you going to do? Are you going to retaliate in fits of rage? Or are you going to stay in peace and have the characteristics of the Lord and still treat people with kindness and, and, and um, fair, treat them fair because you've been marked. You're not going to have foul language. At them. You're not going to cuss at them. You're not going to do any of this stuff. You're not going to yell at them because you've been marked. You've been marked. Remember that. As you go into this week, remember to speak life over yourself. Speak life over your family. Speak life over your neighborhood. The key to it all is to speak life now. I'll talk to you all again next week. Bye-bye.